Okay. The third thing is looking at your competitors and then beat, beat them. You can do it on any medium, any channel. Um, you know, think about bandit signs. How do you beat somebody at bandit signs? How can you beat somebody at bandit signs? Well, you can put more out, you can put them out more consistently and you can have, um, uh, different mess messages. You can have different color bandit signs. All those things will affect your response rate. So the, so that's, a, that's how I approach marketing, right? So be purposeful, be methodical, have differentiation, be different than your competitors. Start with the, start with the end in mind. What am I going to learn here? What do I want to accomplish? You are now listening to the Your First Steps podcast. It's great to talk about million dollar dreams, but where do we start? How do we get there? Listen up. As you hear directly from real estate industry leaders on how they reach success in their fields. And most importantly, what were their first steps? Let's get this party started. Here's your host, Eli, the real estate guy. All right, what's going on, everybody? Thank you all so much for tuning in to the very first episode of the Your First Steps podcast. I am Eli, the real estate guy. And on this podcast, what we talk about is real estate and entrepreneurship. And I could not have thought of a better person to have on this very first episode than Josh Dasong. So Josh, thank you so much for uh, coming on. Thanks so much, Eli, man. It's it's great to be here. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy to chat with you today. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So for the few people that may not have heard of you or your businesses before, uh, kind of give a, a brief intro of some of the things, uh, well, who you are and some of the things that you've done. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm Josh. I've been in the space for uh, the real estate space for 15 years. I started uh, at 18 as a real estate broker with Keller Williams, a real estate agent, actually. And um, started off just selling homes, man. And uh, but I got in it got in and, you know, 15 years ago was 06. Right. So 2006, right before the housing crash. <laughs> so it was impeccable timing, my man. So so uh started as a real estate agent. Um, and in 2012, I started buying fix and flip houses and then uh, started focusing more on wholesaling and now some technology. You know, we've built a, a marketplace for, for wholesaling. So all in all, I've, I've uh, done over a thousand uh, flip transactions, uh, 2000 uh, wholesale trans actually probably close to 3000 now wholesale transactions for around 10,000 units in volume. Nice. So um, I, I love real estate. It's like the only thing I know, my man. <laughs> oh, <there you laughs> so. go. Awesome. I, I love it, man. And, uh, and I kind of give you an, uh, well, for the people that's listening, I'll kind of explain what led to this conversation. So, um, it was, well, last week, I believe it was, um, uh, my sister-in-law, she's been saying that she wants to get into wholesaling and she's seeing what me and my wife are doing. Uh, cause we've been uh, wholesaling for a few years and she's kind of seen our success in that. And so from there, uh, I wrote a book uh, called Wholesaling One-on-One, Your First Steps, and it's showing people how to get that first deal. Um, and I showed, gave her the book, uh, explained everything to her, but when she saw about how much cold calling she had to do and how much texting she had to do, she was like, oh, let me see if I could find another way to find a deal. And so then she sent me uh, you know, a, a link to this app, and I'm like, you know, what is this app that you're talking about? And she's like, oh, it's a Trilly app. It's like an off-market app. And I'm like, what are you, like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I've never heard of this before. 
And so she showed me this and I'm just scrolling through and I'm seeing like all these, you know, potential deals. And the biggest issue I feel that happens now as you're on buyer's list is all the deals that I get sent, they're not deals, right? All the numbers right. are off. Uh, and so I saw that and there was a show in the next day. Um, and so I went uh, and I met with uh, someone named uh, Angelina, um, met her yeah. at the house. Uh, and I was just telling her how much I just enjoyed the app. I went into the different markets, looking at different homes. I'm like, man, this is amazing. How how old is That's this old. thing? Who did it? Who like what, what like what is this? And so you know, one thing led to another, and that that's how this conversation uh, came about. So uh, so we'll we'll get into uh, Trilly, uh the the app, but I wanted to first get an idea for what's your your story, like what what's your background, where you came from. And so when we, when we go back to, you know, I yeah. guess the, the 80s or what, what were you born? Yeah, 88, man. 88. OK, got you. So let's just go back to, say, five, six year old, you know, Josh. Uh, how was it like growing up uh, in the Deshaun household and uh, what influenced you to do these things? Yeah, man. Uh, all right. So this is a this is a, a, an interesting story. So grab your popcorn. Um, but uh, no, I. Uh, no, I was born and, and raised in Dallas. I was raised by my single mother, um, uh, who is like my best friend. I'm a, I'm a textbook mama's boy. Uh, so, um, no, she and I were, were uh, um, you know, I, I grew up in, in watching her actually as a, as a career woman and as a professional go out and, and push herself. She was, my mother was in sales. And so I got to learn uh, how to talk to people, how to cold call and all those things, watching her, uh, you know, uh, firsthand and um, went through some, uh, as I got into my teen years, I, I became a little uh, hard headed, a little stubborn, I guess. And so I was difficult to deal with. Uh, I started getting into trouble uh, at a young age. I went off to various uh, uh, boys homes and, and uh, different places to like get me back on the right track. So, um, I get back into Dallas. Uh, I'm 15, 16 years old. Uh, I decide that, uh, I, you know, I need to do something with my life. You know, you only get one. So, so you need to push and, and, and do something special, do something worth doing. So I actually left high school uh, before, uh, before the age of 18. I got out of high school. I was 17 and I went and immediately took my GED and uh, I enrolled in college. And um, shortly after all of that actually happened, um, my mother lost her job and, and uh, I had a, you know, I was working two part-time jobs, uh, not making enough to actually live on. So, um, you know, I figured, all right, now's the time that if I'm going to support us and support my family, now's the time to do it. So I was reading a Dallas Business Journal one day and it was talked about, and this was in a, oh, this would have been oh five oh six. And it was like how great residential real estate was like little did they know it was coming but um it was talking about the residential real estate space and and what real estate agents were able to make and what real estate brokers were making and i just remember being like wow and i i was in the computers i was really into computers as a kid and so when i was 13 i actually sat sat for a a, a test a, a, a certification called a plus certification so um I was really, really good in, in the computers, and um, when I got once I got into once I got into real estate, I, I kind of used um, 
my my experience with computers to attract customers you know uh, I got in I started digital marketing before digital marketing was really a thing in, in real estate um, I, I picked up a phone and I started cold calling nonstop it was so funny right I, I was going to people's houses I was 18 years old um, I was going to their houses never you know bought and bought and paid for my own car much less let a uh, much less a house, right? So I was, it was kind of a, an intimidating journey. But um, yeah, by, uh, by the time I turned 18, I got licensed. I uh, used uh, use my experience to build different websites, different ad campaigns. I remember at one point, we used to be able to find buyers from posting houses on Craigslist. So like home buyers, like... Nice you know, uh, Tom and Susie want to buy a house to live in and they came from Craigslist. It was like, that was an actual source way back when. Right. So I started cold calling, uh, started cold calling through the years, did really well, got into no, short no stuff. That like hand, <laughs> big finger to phone. So at one point I had two phones on my desk and I had one in, and I would dial a number and I'd start dialing it on the other one. And I have oh two phones in each ear. Boom. And I just hang up whichever one was still ringing, there you know? You so, right. yeah, that was, that was the, uh, it was 100 dials a day in the very beginning was my goal. Gotcha. So if it was anything less than 100 dials, I wasn't going home. So, um, but yeah, in 2012, I was sitting down with a mentor who said, um, Josh, you need to, you need to invest in either assets or, or pro a product. And, um, I had this business that was helping people buy and sell homes, but the way it was explained to me, it was, Josh, this is a services business. This is, this is, um, you're doing a service for people and that's great, but it's going to be hard to scale. You know, if you want to build something that's, that's national services, businesses tend to have a longer growth curve. And so he said assets or products. And I didn't know anything about products. And, you know, at the time that just felt like I just go and invent something. So, um, I just started buying houses. So within a month of that mentor telling me to invest in assets or, or a product, I bought two houses and then 30 the following year. Wow. So yeah, nice. that's very nice. So what, what do you feel was the, uh, that, that changing point of where you got those first couple and then it went to 30. So was it basically do the same thing over and over again or what changed from that first year to the second year? It was okay. So that first deal, there is, you know, I, I, I still look back at this and think it's just hysterical. My first deal uh, that I did, I had already brokered over a thousand transactions, but I was terrified. I was so scared that, that I was, you know, going through the housing crash, you just watched so many people lose everything they had. You watched, you know, the guy who I met in a Ferrari that now is pulling up in a, in a, in a Kia. Now, yeah. now new Kias are, yeah, the Kias are nice now. <laughs> incredible, man. Like actually exactly. yeah. back then it was a thing. Right. Yeah. And so you, you, you watched all these people lose stuff. And so when I first had, I had my first opportunity come up and that mentor was going through my head going, you need to do it. You need to do it. And I remember I was like, I'm going to lose everything. And it didn't make any sense. Like the mat, like, what I was buying, I could have lost everything that I bought this house for and I would have been okay at the time, but I was just petrified that something was going to happen to me. So after that first deal, um, I, I was kind of hooked. The second one ended up becoming my house that I still live in to this day. And then, um, and then after that, 
I really just duplicated the process. The fear was gone once I understood, okay, this is how this process needs to work. I just did it over and over and over, and I just did it more efficiently, if that makes sense. Gotcha, gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense, absolutely. So um, a few questions about when uh, you started uh, marketing. So um, I know you said you did websites and things of that nature. Uh, So was there any type of funnel that you had, or was it just a website that you built uh, and you use Google AdWords that uh, just kind of attracted people to the website, basically. Yeah. So when I got into when I got into brokerage, I was using AdWords and I was doing uh, SEO, search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. When I got into investing in thirteen, in twelve, thirteen, fourteen, it was predominantly paid per pay per click, PPC, Google AdWords, um, uh, Bing ads. That was where uh, that's where we we focused originally on um, to find properties. And then, you know, the keywords, we, the keywords, you know, we buy houses, the, the, the ones that people are Googling that they're seeing it on the side of the road, uh, that type of stuff. Um, that was, uh, that was the strategy. Just keep it super simple and have as many conversations as possible. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. And so, I know when you're saying that you're reading the journal uh, when you're uh, 18 and you're looking at uh, the type of money that could be made uh, in that, was it that there was a, in the back of your mind or maybe someone in your family that uh, had an interest in real estate and that sparked your interest? Or was it if you would have saw a magazine that said there's, you know, cars are a great business to get into or whatever, would you have gone into anything that made money or what specifically attracted you to, to start being an agent? So great question. And this is actually where I was going earlier with the uh, with the explanation of, of my tech background was I was actually working for Geek Squad at Best Buy. And this guy comes in and he's he's a I didn't know at the time he was a commercial real estate guy. And he asked me if I can if I'd be willing to do some private work at his house and, and help hook up uh, uh, his network and a couple of things. And I was like, yeah, sure. Time. Sorry, Best Buy. So um yeah, I, I went to his house and I was on his computer and I noticed a check stub and this check stub was, was for a substantial amount. It was $40,000 for a, for a, uh, a paycheck. And I remember thinking to myself, I didn't know people made that in, in a, a year, much less a paycheck. Right. So it was, I, I remember just being like, what happened? So um, <clears throat> when I was reading that article I, I tapped that memory, <laughs> so to speak. Right. So I was like, that guy was in real estate. This is real estate. That makes sense. That's what I'll do. I wanted to do car. I wanted to do custom car audio and rims. And I used to work on cars and that was my thing. Cars would have been great, but, um, it just looked like there was opportunity in real estate. Gotcha. Gotcha. Makes sense. And so as you're, uh, going on, uh, in your real estate journey and you tapping into, that advice of investing in assets or products and not not services. Um, you go from, I think you said that you did wholesaling first and then you did uh, investing or did you do investing and then wholesaling? Yeah, we actually did it opposite most people. We went from investing to wholesaling. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so what, okay, that's interesting. What made you do that from doing the flips and, to, to, and then going wholesaling? Yeah. So, you know, the hard part about wholesaling is your acquisition engine. If you can acquire properties, enough properties at a fast enough rate, um, then wholesaling is the better of the two choices. 
Um, and here's why. Both operations require skill. Um, if you're flipping properties, you, you need skill of construction. Uh, if you're wholesaling, you need skill of marketing. Um, skill of marketing, it was a whole lot easier to for us to um, manufacture, duplicate, replicate over and over and over. Uh, when we were trying to do when we were trying to do a, a massive amount of flips, once you get into you have to manage your marketing really well. Okay, so um, I know ten investors nationally that do north of three hundred units a year from a flipping perspective. And um, the, I can tell you the ones who buy from auction or wholesalers exclusively do much better than the ones who execute their own marketing. Uh, okay, and why would you say that? Because, you, because you're, you, got, you have to pick your poison. You're either managing subcontractors and contractors or you're managing marketing efficiency. It's not, we haven't been able to figure out how do you do both optimally. Gotcha. Um, and to where the economics make sense at all scale, you know. Um, so, so I looked at that. I said, all right, we have this marketing engine and we can put deal after deal after deal on the board. Um, but if we start doing the construction, we have to build all kinds of redundancies. We have to build decision trees. You know, when we're going out to buy a house, I need to know before we ever make an offer, are we flipping it or are we wholesaling it? Right. That additional knowledge requires a lot of training burden. Gotcha. So when we bring in new team members, it doesn't scale as well, right? Because gotcha. now they have to use their intuition to make a de decision. Are you wholesaling it? Are you flipping it? Or, and so it makes hiring a lot more challenging. So if you're scaling, if your goal is to scale and do something like with a lot of people and, and a lot of uh, money going in and out, mm -hmm. then I like wholesaling or fix and flip, but without marketing. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. So when it comes to wholesaling, as far as, you know, when they say, you know, the, the secret sauce, what, what do you feel is the secret sauce to marketing? Uh, and is there a certain, um, I guess, uh, theory of marketing that you have that you can apply to different businesses? Or what do you feel is uh, that helps you find these discounted properties on a uh, a much higher level and, and um, an efficient rate. So, man, I can say a lot here. I would say you start, Eli, with with um, consistency. Uh -huh. So everything starts with consistency. So I, I didn't hit on this. My first three months. So I, I look, I look like I was twelve when I got into real estate. <laughs> I had this baby face and. Uh, no one took me seriously. Right. And it took me three months of a hundred dials a day. This is, this is true. It took me three months of a hundred a day to set my first appointment, oh. to set my first meeting with a homeowner to list and sell their house to be an agent. Right. And then after that, it took, it took like three weeks for me to get my second. Um, fast forward two, three years, I was every other phone call, I was able to set an appointment. And so it's all a matter of consistency. You learn and you improve naturally over with consistency. So if you force yourself to do the hard work, uh, you're going to start to find the efficiencies in that hard work and you'll start to optimize off those. So, so what matters? One is consistency in anything you do, whether that's direct mail, whether that's bandit signs, whether that's uh, pay-per-click, it's just being consistent with your methodology. Mm -hmm. um, two is I would have a methodology. 
So uh, we call them guiding principles. So we, we set up principles for how we, we manage pretty much all of our decision making ahead of time. So if I'm going to, let's say I'm going to do a new direct mail campaign. Um, I expect for that direct mail campaign to produce a certain amount of revenue on its first attempt, on its second attempt, on its third attempt. I have those expectations. If I cannot achieve what I expect, I make the terminate, I cancel it. Right. So it's about being intentional and methodical, thinking ahead of time. All right, I'm going to go in, I'm going to start doing direct mail. What is what does success look like? And then quantifying that, you know, starting with the end in mind, what do I want this to do? What do I want this to perform and then work backwards? Okay. The third thing is looking at your competitors and then beat beat them. Which that sounds very simple, but you can do it on any medium, any channel. Um, you know, think about bandit signs. How do you beat somebody at bandit signs? How can you beat somebody at bandit signs? Well, you can put more out, you can put them out more consistently, and you can have um, uh, different mess messages, you can have different color bandit signs. All those things will affect your response rate. So, the, so that's, a, that's how I approach marketing, right? So be purposeful, be methodical, have differentiation, be different than your competitors, um, you know, and uh, start, with the end, start with the end in mind. What am I going to learn here? What do I want to accomplish? Gotcha. Very nice. Because all, all channels work. TV works, radio works, direct mail works, pay-per-click works. It all works. Uh -huh. So what do you feel works best for you right now? Uh, search and direct mail. Um, direct mail, oh, really? Okay. Gotcha. But if you ask me, if you ask me these questions a year ago, I probably would have said something slightly different. Do okay. you know what I mean? Right. So right. that's why that's why I'm saying you have to A B test the direct mail piece. When I when we the first time I ever sent direct mail, we sent over. So our first piece had a zero percent response rate. This was. 12 years ago, but, and it was for brokerage. So a little different than we buy houses. Um, so our first piece had a 0% response rate. We, um, changed that, that mail piece 30 times. And by the end of the, by the end of all the iterations we, we made, we were getting over two and a half percent response rate. Nice. So the devil's in the details, right? Like changing little things can make something work, but to answer your question, today search, search, and direct mail are two. Uh, I, last year, we you know we do media, so we do TV and radio as well. Last year, radio and television performed really strong for us. Gotcha. Yeah, no, the the two primary uh, things that we do as far as marketing, um, well, the two only things now are uh, texting and cold calling. And I'd say about two years ago, two two or three years ago, cold calling was a lot more effective. And that was the yeah. main source of what we were doing. But um, at the time, I was using um, Mojo Dollar and yep. I used my uh, single number there. Time passed, and I just noticed uh, the person I was working with, the response rates were just being just so much lower than what it was normally. And occasionally, we'll get a person and they'll be like, oh, I almost didn't answer. And after a while, we just start asking, okay, why weren't you about to answer? And they're like, oh, because it says scam likely. And it's like, whoa, what are you talking about? And so uh, wow. we just kind of, you know, went to other methods and we started looking at other dollars like uh, call tools. Uh, and now I'm using batch leads 
uh, or batch dollar uh, to do the cold calls and batch leads to do the texting. And so it we we're I was getting higher response rates before, but now I'm starting to see that that slight decline of uh, responses. And I'm even getting some people saying, oh, I I'm not sure why your your call says uh, scam likely. And I'm like, well, I, I have like according to their the reasoning of their software of being able to choose five different numbers and it cycles through uh, and I check the health of the number and it still says that it's in good health. But for some reason now that's happening. So do you have any uh, maybe insight on that uh, of what could that what we could do? Yeah. With that? Yeah. So uh, and you're, the five numbers, the, the rotator numbers, are, are those real numbers? Or are those uh, like call rail or something like that? What uh, numbers are those? Th those are the numbers that I uh, bought from uh, Batch, Batch Dollar. Okay. So I would use my cell phone. Okay. Or so, I mean, I would use whatever the realest number is that gets you through, or I would rotate and change out my numbers can more consistently. Gotcha. Uh, through through batch. Now, I will tell you the provider can get blocks. From my understanding, they can get blocks of phone numbers marked as spam likely, mm. and so that may be something else. Is try changing the phone number block, like the the first few digits on the number. Oh, okay. Did not know that. All right. And as far as the, the first three digits of the primary number, or it's the second, the last four that, that define the block. I don't know how it goes. Gotcha. Okay. And do you all uh, incorporate texting and your marketing? Yeah, we like texting a lot. We're using launch control. Launch um, control. Okay. Yeah. So we use launch control. We do, we do text outreach uh, for people that have gone cold. That have, so we're, you know, somebody submits a web form and then they go unresponsive. We've all had that happen. And so we just will text them uh, over a period of time, just checking in. Hey, just wanted to see how it's going. Gotcha. That stuff. Gotcha. But like, you know, we started saying, hey, first name, exclamation point. That alone has doubled our response rate. That's all we say on almost all of our texts that we send out. We start with that. And, and only that. Hey, First name, exclamation point. Interesting. On okay. rate doubles. Okay. And that's, okay, that's interesting. So th this is the type of sauce that I'm talking about, where we're asking what are some of the things that could really uh, improve response rate. So as far as uh, bandit signs, do you do bandit signs as well? We've done, we've done them. We don't do them currently. Um, but I am, you know, what I can say that worked for us is consistency on putting them out more than any. Um, so it, uh, it, um, when we were consistent every weekend and we had a goal, 50, 100, 200 a weekend, um, bandit signs can work. They're just a lot of work right. messaging. And we tried all kinds of, we tried all kinds of stuff with messaging and we were, we, we definitely, uh, we struggled getting the messaging right. So yeah, I'd say something that I realized, uh, is whenever I did the regular, we buy houses, I'll get some responses, but not much. And then I just started to hear how other people are saying, just be different like how you're saying. And yep. so I, for a while, I did a sign that says, uh, Big Papa Buys Houses, right? And I started getting a lot of spam, but I got deals from, from that. And, and the way that people would always start is, is this Papa? Like, is this Big Papa? Like, uh, <laughs> yes, it is. This is Big Papa. <laughs> <laughs> like how's it going? <laughs> you know, and, and, it, and it was interesting, but that 
so that mindset, I, it started making me realize like, okay, there's something to just being different in your messaging and standing out and what type of images could be different. Because whenever you see a regular We Buy Houses sign, you see so many of them that it kind of becomes like a, a part of the poll. You, you're not noticing yep. that versus when you see a, a funny message or, uh, you know, some image or whatever that that stands out. It's like I at yep. least remember that uh, and I know yep. what area it's in. Um, That's exa it's exactly right. That's exactly right. Definitely. So uh, so now moving towards, uh, you know, you explain how you got into uh, real estate. You got into flipping. You've done wholesaling. You did your marketing with uh, Myers Home Buyers. Uh, is that so? Is that what you started the wholesaling uh, under? Did it graduate into like a disposition company? Like explain that that process. Yeah. So um, so originally the company was called DFW Home Buyers, and DFW Home Buyers fixed and flipped houses, and then we would wholesale off our excess inventory. When we decided to go purely wholesaling, that's when we actually changed the company's name to Myers. So um, Myers, the home buyers. And the reason it's named Myers, a lot of people ask this, is because Myers and buyers rhymes. It was between I love it. that <laughs> yeah, it was between that and Schmitty buys beep homes. So uh, you, can, you can fill in the blank there. There you go. There you go. Uh, All right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we we pivoted from uh, DFW Home Buyers to um, a wholesale team, which was Myers Home Buyers, which was responsible for acquiring and then disposing of the properties. And then we took the dispositions piece, and we've uh, yeah yeah yeah. So uh, DFW Home Buyers uh, was originally what we were operating and buying fix and flips under, and then then we pivoted to Myers Home Buyers, and Myers handled act acquisitions and dispositions, but we rolled dispositions now out un under the marketplace Trelly. So Myers is exclusively focused on acquiring properties. Trelly is is focused on gotcha. disposing of properties. Okay, gotcha. And so now we're uh, talking about Trelly, and I think this is a, I, I love the business model. It's, it's very genius, and I, and I, I definitely love it. So as far as acquiring the properties, um, well, I'll say more so uh, the disposition of it. Is that your only source of uh, the disposition uh, on Trelly, or do you also have preferred buyers, or, or are you just like streamlining, let's just get the most we can, basically? No, we just we, we solely rely on Trelly. So okay. what Trelly is, and Trelly's process and, and the data that we're providing and all of that, that is basically a mimic of, off of what we did before we had Trelly. So we have uh, all of our buyers get notified in the same way, but now they get push notifications. Um, we still have a marketing team here in Dallas. So um, if a property goes on to in one of our four markets right now, we're going to be expanding markets in the near future. But in Dallas, Houston, Tampa, and Jacksonville, if you list a property to sell on Trelly, um, there's a marketing team that will, will do physical outreach to let other investors in the, the area know that your property is available um, and, and make sure that they have the app so they can bid on it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, think it's, I think it's genius. And anybody who's uh, a wholesaler, well, let me ask this. Is it only for uh, Myers? Like, do we have to go through that channel or how does, how does that work? No, you can you you can use it for for a limited time. There's no cost to using it. You can sign up to sell your properties. Now, you can only sell properties that you actually hold the contract to. You can't sell um, non good deals. We'll kick them off the platform. 
um, you know, you've got to you've got to operate with a certain level of, of integrity on our platform and, and you sign all that in the terms of service. So once you go sign up, um, you just you can post your property immediately, post your property and then a sales team is going to be activated, reaching out to investors. It's actually very straightforward. Yeah, I, I love it. And I think the, the most important thing that you said is just if you're posting bad deals, it gets kicked off. And that's just the biggest frustration of an investor because now my wife and I, we're uh, flipping properties and we'd love to work with wholesales. We'd love to uh, you know, get a lot of these people started. But when it comes down to it, it's just every day you're just loaded with this, this trash that comes in your email. Uh, and I feel like this app does a great job of uh, vetting out the trash and leaving great deals uh, behind. So that way now, Granted, I, I know when I uh, when I saw the the deal that came up, at least when it started, it was a deal. And when I got there, unfortunately, I didn't win the bid. Somebody bid it, you know, way above me. But hopefully, one of these days, I, I do win a bid and I get a property uh, from you guys. But it's it's great to know that not only will you at least see the deals, but from a wholesaler uh, perspective, you can actually make more on your deals. It seemed like because you have access to more people. Yeah, more people, you know, uh, marketplace theory is that the number is going to, it's going to optimize to its its uh, most efficient number. And so the wholesaler gets the most they can, the investor buys it at the right value for what, what the market's bearing. Um, and so it, it creates a win-win. So I pre, I, like I said before the call, I, I really want to pick your brain on, on all your thoughts. And, and uh, you know, it's just a matter of, We've got to build something that provides provides everybody value, and I, so I just appreciate you using it and giving me that Absolutely. feedback. Yeah. yeah. So I guess uh, so. Before we uh, we go uh, beyond it, so um, well, one uh, everyone, uh, I definitely would recommend you guys get on Charlie and at least uh, be uh, familiar with the app. Uh, I feel like it's a great app, and uh, it's what, what year was it uh, created? I think uh, she said twenty twenty is when it was officially launched. Yeah, twenty. We launched officially launched in twenty twenty. Uh, started building in twenty nineteen. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I feel like it's a great app, and it's definitely going to be amongst uh, you know the other uh, must haves that you have. So of course, you know the list of must have apps. You got to have Zillow on your phone. You got to have PropStream, um, and amongst other apps that you're using. But I definitely feel like Trelly will be that go to uh, to where if you have a property under contract, you're listing it and you're getting the most for it. Um, and I know in my book, whenever I speak about wholesaling, one of the first steps I tell them, aside from setting up their company and doing all these other aspects, I am a big person of getting your buyer's list first and then going out there and, and then getting the deal so that way you're not stuck uh, with the deal. Because uh, I've had that situation happen to me before. Uh, when I first started, I had a great deal, but then it's like, you know, you go online, how do you find buyers? You go on Craigslist. And I'm like, okay, I'm calling up all these people on Craigslist. And then I go on Facebook. I'm calling up everybody on Facebook. But it's like, I, I got stuck with something. And this would have taken uh, care of that situation. But I feel like if you are a wholesaler and you don't have a great buyers list, this would just completely change the game for you because you just have access to so many people and they'll, they'll just... They'll give you a lot more, uh, uh, you know, for for your uh, for your deal. So I know you say you have some questions for me, and you want to kind of, you know, get my story and things that nature. So yeah, I want. So yeah, man, I want, I want to hear your story, like okay. I want to know. I want to know. Uh, 
you know, tell me your background. What made you want to get in real estate versus something else? Like, give me that, yeah. give me that scoop and, yeah. and uh, how it's going. Yeah, definitely. So um, I'll start off uh, going to childhood. Uh, so uh, my parents are uh, from Haiti. Uh, they uh, came here, I guess, you know, 70s or 80s uh, is when they, they uh, came to the States. They met uh, in uh, Miami, moved to Orlando, and that, that's where I'm from. Uh, and so being uh, immigrants, a lot of uh, immigrants, uh, they understand that in order to get to the next level or to make income, you can't just rely on your job. And especially the job that they were doing at the time, uh, they were you know, picking oranges and working housekeeping. Uh, they understood that that wasn't going to be enough for them to survive. And so um, they uh, it started with um, they knew they wanted to start a business. Uh, and one day, I believe it was either my mom or my dad uh, had a chain that they wore uh, to work. And so somebody was like, oh, that's a nice necklace. You know, where'd you get the necklace? And it was like, oh, well, I can I can get it for you. Um, you know, uh, if I got the necklace, would you be interested in buying it? He's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And so from there, they're like, okay, well, I guess we're about to, you know, sell jewelry now. And so uh, from what my mom said, uh, they borrowed some uh, funds from my uncle. Uh, and my uncle uh, went to my dad and said, hey, here's some funds. Um, I want you to get started. And so what they would do is they would uh, go down to Miami because they were familiar with the different jewelers in Miami. They would buy yeah. the jewelry there and they would sell it uh, in Orlando. And so for years, that's where that's part of what the business that they had going. And they also did things like my dad, he uh, him and my mom, they always had uh, multifamily properties that they did in Haiti. And so I grew up always watching um, real estate happening. I, I would look at the construction process. I would look at all these things happening. And in my mind, it was always, OK, I know I want to end up doing real estate, but I don't have the money. So I'm going to find a different way to get to that process. And so uh, I always thought I was going to go to the NBA. Like, like nobody could tell me I wasn't going to go. Like it was it was happening. Right. That was it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like in my, in my mind, it was I'm going to go to the NBA. I'm going to make this money and I'm going to use the money from playing basketball to invest in real estate. Uh, and my whenever I'd ask my dad tips on how do you get started? How do you get this going? He never gave me any like real like tips that I could use. It was always yeah. I'm like, oh, what do I need to do? Oh, you need to have money. Oh, how much money? A lot of money. I'm like, OK, well, <laughs> you know, how do you do this business? Oh, it's hard. How hard? Oh, it's very hard. I'm like, OK, so that. He was that type of guy. So, uh, but going back to like them selling jewelry and them selling like other things like, like you know, perfumes, colognes, all these different things, um, it got me used to going in front of people and asking them questions. So I'll go, sometimes they'll do it on payments. So they'll yeah. be all right, Eli, go to that house, knock on the door and ask for so-and-so and, you know, go collect the money. And so, you know, as a kid, you're like five, six years old. It's like, man, I don't want to, you know, go to these people. It's like, dude, just whatever. So I would go out I'm like, hey, how's it going? This is, you know, uh, Elijah and son. I'm here to pick up whatever. And so they look at me. It's like this five-year-old kid. Why are you coming here collecting money? But, you know, whatever. So that yeah, yeah. kind of got me used to just being put in uncomfortable situations. Yeah. Um, and then fast forward, uh, parents got a, a divorce when I was a uh, uh, a teenager uh, and as time went on saw my mom struggling a lot and it was one of those things to where I'm like you know what I got to figure something out 
Uh, but I, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do, but it was just like, I got to, I got to do something. So I remember from her job, uh, she was working, uh, housekeeping at, um, at a hospital. They gave her a gift card to Walmart. Uh, and I, I think it was like maybe 25 bucks or something like that. And I remember we were at Walmart and I saw a candle maker uh, that was there. And I'm like, that's interesting. And so I would look and I saw the candle maker was like maybe 10 bucks. And so I'm just kind of looking at that. And I'm like, wait, that's a candle maker. I've never seen one before. Wait, people like candles. I could probably make candles and I could probably sell them. And so I'm like, oh, mom, do you still have that gift card on you? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I want to get that candle maker and I'm going to make candles. And so she's like, well, how are you going to make candles? I'm like, ah, and I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, Walmart has candles. I'll take the wax and then I'll just make candles and I'll sell them. And she was like, okay, like, let's do it. And so she bought the candle maker, uh, got some candles. And so that night um, I, I just start uh, working. So I took like a screwdriver and I would like uh, take out all the wax and then I'll put it into uh, this, uh, this candle maker and I put uh, the candle under it and it would uh, put like a, a new wax in there. So I started off by just taking like a vanilla and a raspberry, chop off like the tops and then uh, mixing them. So you have a half raspberry, half vanilla uh, and, you know, the other vanilla and raspberry and I would resell those. So I'll peel off the label uh, and I'll just sell those. So a package would be like maybe 10 bucks, but I'll sell each candle for $10 yeah. uh, and I would just go to school. And I was on a basketball team, so aside from my jersey and shoes, I just have a bag full of candles. And so, you know, <laughs> I'd walk around, and, you know, the, the hallway would smell like raspberries and, you know, all that stuff. And they're like, oh, you know, what's, like, what, like, Eli, what are you doing? What are you selling? So I, I would wrap it up in towels, and I'll go to different lunch tables, roll it out. I'm like, hey, look, I got vanilla, I got strawberry, I got raspberry, like, what do you want? And so at first, people were laughing, but then they realized, like, oh, wait people are buying your candles like oh this is like you're not crazy you're you're doing whatever yeah. so that started working for it's me actually working yeah exactly <laughs> okay. so then senior year um i got into a graphic design class and so with that they uh taught us how to make different designs uh we were using like laser engravers and so uh and like a dye sublimation machine so i was able to make like clocks, puzzles, uh, engraved pencils, like whatever. And so I'm like, oh man, I'm about to kill it now. Like now I got candles, I can make t-shirts, I can make whatever. And so, yeah. And so uh, as soon as I got in there, um, every lesson that we learned, uh, I'm like, okay, so today we're going to learn how to make like, uh, you know, notepads or like the, the, like, like the pads that you can like peel uh, off the note. So we learned yeah, how to yeah. do that. And so I'm like, all right, so now that's another thing I'm going to start making. Next week we learn T-shirts. All right, now I'm going to start making T-shirts, and it's like I start doing that. So every morning before school, I would uh, get my orders from before, and I'm like, "Hey, look, I'm selling you know, each pencil, you know, fifty cents a pencil, but I'll get a whole pack of pencils for like two bucks." So I would start yeah. doing that, and I'll say, "Hey, what do you want? What design? What do you want?" Blah blah. Take that, and I would get to school probably like an hour and a half before the teacher would open the 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 door for me. Uh, and I would go in, fulfill my orders, and then come lunchtime, <laughs> you know, I'll go and I'll just start slinging pencils. I'm like, all right, boom, here you go. And so now I'm able to start making some money uh, from there. And so graduating into going to college, um, I didn't have access to all that stuff anymore. I considered 
maybe uh, getting a loan or doing something to get those machines. And I asked the guy, I'm like, hey, can I still come back after high school? He's like, absolutely not. You're done with high school. You can't, you can't just show up like some dude. Yeah, use this equipment. <laughs> exactly. And so went to college. I'm like, well, I got to do something. And so that's when um, I, on some level, I was kind of, uh, I guess in a way, having like an identity crisis at that point. I'm like, I'm usually the guy that sells, but when I go to college, I'm just another student. And yep. I, I had that itch just like, I got to sell something. And so okay. then that's when I had a clothing line that I made. And so uh, using the information that I got from the graphics class and my first major that I was going after was graphic design. So I'm learning Photoshop, designing T-shirts. And so I had a clothing line and I did that for a while. Uh, and in the back of my mind, it was always just sell enough until you can get to real estate because that's the end goal. So it's like, just, okay. just know that none of this is going to be forever. You're going to work your way there. So fast forward, graduate college. One day I'm sitting watching YouTube and uh, there's a guy named Jay Morrison. Uh, he, he, uh, he comes up and he's talking about real estate. And he's talking about wholesaling. I'm like, like what is wholesaling? Because the only way I could think of getting in was being an agent. I'm like, I don't want to be an agent. And so I'm like, how, how do I how do I get into to doing that? And so I just started watching his videos, just kind of, you know, rabbit hole all, all the way in, saw these different people that was doing it. I'm like, okay, let me figure this out. So it took me, uh, geez, so that was 2016 when I first saw it and I started marketing and I would get things like uh, the non-refundable deposits, but I wasn't really getting any deals. Uh, and so I'm like, you know what? I, I know I want something to happen, but it's like, I don't know if I have the time to do it. Maybe this is a scam, but I'm like, I'm seeing these people with checks. Like, like yeah. I'm looking at all these Facebook groups. I'm like, man, I, I need to figure that out. So time passed. I end up, um, so I'm still being an adjuster, end up working for um, another company. Now I'm a catastrophe adjuster. They got me, you know, going all over the country. But you're working 10, 12 hours a day, yep. uh, seven days a week for, you know, three to four weeks at a time. You come home, you got four days off and then you're back, you know, somewhere else. And yeah, so yeah. I was doing that for a long period of time, but I was still occasionally try to cold call for like a few minutes or try to do something for a little bit. But it's like I can't get any traction. So I had some money saved um, and they said, well, because of the, the nature of the job, I could move anywhere in the country. Uh, and when I was working the storms here in Houston, uh, um, Hurricane Harvey, um, I met my now wife because uh, I was on Tinder, just kind of. Uh, going on yeah, there, yeah. met her. Uh, we end up, uh, you know, getting married some years later. But I was like, okay, well, I'll at least just move to Houston because I'll be closer to her. So yeah. I, I get uh, to Houston. Um, I have money saved, and it was kind of at that point to where it's like, all right, I'm not married yet. I don't have any kids. If I'm gonna jump, I gotta jump now because I know with my current schedule, I don't know a way of how to make this work. So that's when I made the jump. Uh, and I'm and I got a mentorship from a person on YouTube called uh, Jennifer West uh, Grenahan. Um, she would always um, she would show different tips on how to get into real estate. And so I bought her mentorship and I was I wasn't the biggest fan of paying for mentorship at the time or paying for courses or whatever. But I'm like, I need to figure this out. So I, I paid her, went through the course. Uh, and that's when I started making sure that I was doing what I needed to do. So. Uh, at first I was kind of all over the place. Like I, I would watch this video and it says to do this. Yep. Uh, and it was like, Oh, go to home Depot parking lots and 
talk to the contractors around there and maybe you'll find somebody out. So every day I was at a Home Depot parking lot and I'm like, I'm not getting anything here. You know, and I'm like, just, just, just jumping all over the place. And so then finally my, my wife, she kind of was, you know, trying to calm me down. She was like, look, you need to put yourself in the best situation to get in front of the most people possible. And she was like, well, how many people are you talking to in the Home Depot parking lot in a couple hours? So I'm like, maybe, you know, 15 people, maybe that. She was like, all right, well, you'll reach more people if you're just staying home and just calling people like, yep. you know, and just start and she started making me like realize like, OK, it's great to be proactive. But at the same time, I shouldn't waste my time on how I'm doing things. And so with the mentorship of Jennifer and my wife just kind of coaching me after about a month and a half of quitting my job, that's when I got the first deal uh, from cold calling. And so awesome. uh, so I would. uh you know, pull up, uh, I'll pull different uh, lists like code violation, pre-foreclosure lists. Um, and at the time I didn't have, uh, you know, Propelli or anything. So it's just the list that I can create driving for dollars. Uh, and yep. this came from a driving for dollars uh, list. And that, that was a whole story of how that list came about. Uh, but I uh, got the list, called them month and a half, got the first deal. And from then uh, it was like, oh, this is, this is real. Like the first deal was like 13,000 for the first deal. And when I showed my wife, I'm like, like it's, it's happening, like it's real. And then a couple months later, got a next deal for like ten thousand. Uh, a couple months later, another for eight, and it, and it just kept going from there. And of course, there is this, you know, ups and downs, and you know, like uh, slow times yeah. and, and better times. Yeah, absolutely, but, uh, it has been going great. Uh, and when a storm is big enough, I'll still go out and work for a few months. But then, like most of the year, is geared towards uh, wholesaling, and now we're uh, flipping our own properties uh, from there. Awesome, man. Congratulations. It's, it's really neat. So, you know, when I got into the space, um, it was hard to get in, it was hard to get into it. But now, like you're, you're saying, there's so many resources out there, it kind of creates that problem that you were hitting on, which is like some videos say do this and some say do that. Right. But man, if you want to learn, the resources are out there, you can learn from now. I mean, you know, 20 years ago, it was it was a very different world 10 years ago it was a very different world and so now now it's it's definitely out there and, and just like you said right a month and a half you you put in consistency and the consistency bred results and exactly. in anything right? we right. we we suck at almost everything we do for the first time but exactly. but getting that consistency in, you get better and better and better dude right. that's that's amazing. I want to take some more time uh, later, Eli, and, okay. and on a call. I'd love to uh, hear a little more granular on that uh, that cool. story. And uh, I have a ton of questions, but uh, dude, that's awesome, man! Congratulations. Awesome. It's awesome. Uh, you should you should be proud of yourself. Thank it's you. thank you. Appreciate. It. I know. Uh, I know. Uh, I kept you over the time uh, that we expected, so we'll, I'll kind of jump into the end. Or did you have a, a couple more? Yeah. Questions no. No. You? No. We're good. No. Cool. I. This has been great, man. All right. Awesome. So. Um, I wanted to uh, get into a lightning round and ask you a few questions uh, and see yep. how uh, you uh, react to that. So if you were to write a book, what would it be about? Perseverance. Perseverance. Uh, it would be about pushing through, uh, pushing through your downs and your ups um, and not letting go of what you really want. Gotcha. Love it. Love it. All right. And number two, if you could be any animal, what would you be and why? I 
I go back and forth between a dolphin and a bird, and this is like something I internally uh, argue with. Uh, bird, so I could see everything, and uh, a dolphin, so I could see what hasn't been seen. So, <laughs> okay, gotcha. I'll take that. All right, and what's the last song you downloaded on your phone? Oh. This is a good one. Let's see. Drake, what's next? There you go. Love it. All right, and this one, uh, I, I thought this was pretty interesting, uh, and it took me a while to figure out which one I would choose. So if you had the option between being able to jump 50 inches in the air or fly, but you can only go up one foot above the ground, which one would you choose? Jump 50 inches in the air or fly a foot above the ground. Yes. I would probably jump 50 inches in the air because I could figure out a way to fly if I could get that high. <laughs> <laughs> so. Gotcha, gotcha. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so uh, two books that you would recommend uh, someone that's starting off uh, in their real estate journey um, or just overall entrepreneurship journey. Uh, what, what are two books you would recommend? Uh, this is great. Uh, Zero to One by Peter Thiel. And I'd say this is mostly geared towards entrepreneurship. That's typically what I, I, I pay attention to. And then Good to Great. Good to Great. Okay. Good to Great by Jim Collins. That's one of that, – that book changed my life. Gotcha. All right. And for someone who uh, – and I know we, we uh, kind of touched on you being uh, a great – a high producer when it comes to being a, um, a real estate agent. Uh, someone who wants to become a – a top producer uh, when it comes to being an agent, uh, what is the first step of becoming that person? Uh, what, what are some steps that you would recommend? So I don't, whether it's an agent or whether it's a wholesaler, you know, we, we scaled wholesaling and, and flipping very fast because we practice the same principles. Um, you know, put your head down, do what matters, uh, lead with revenue. So focus on dollar productive activities. Um, it's, you know, the, what is the, the, uh, there's a saying and it's something like the enemy of great is good. And it's, um, and, and I think that that holds true. It's a matter of, um, putting in effort every single day relentlessly, no matter how, how you feel about it or whatever the case may be. It's just a matter of taking action and, um, just putting one foot in front of the other and doing it as fast as you can. There's not a, there's not a, Oh, if you make this many calls, this works. It's different for everybody. It's, but it's a matter of just staying consistent and not letting go. Cause you're going to have like, once you achieve success, you're going to have bad days. A lot of people think that once I achieve, once I, once I'm rich, everything is going to be easy and it's not, that's not how it works. Right. So, um, it's just a matter of pushing forward no matter what you're doing. I think that's what's helped me become good at, at, at or great at a lot of the things I do is I've just focused on what matters over and over and over. I've led with revenue and stayed only done dollar productive activities. It's again, it's a trap that, you know, you get real busy working on the uh, coordinating a closing 
but coordinating a closing doesn't make you any money. It are, that that's already your money earning event has already happened. You only need to focus on the the, the activities that that will make you money. Gotcha. And the contact sport usually that just means talking to people. Gotcha. <laughs> so I love it. I love it, Wade. Josh, thank you so much for coming on today. I greatly Thanks appreciate so much, it. Eli. Yeah, we had a, a great conversation, it. man. And um, and again, uh, Trelly uh, is the app uh, that I would strongly recommend you all download right now. Uh, and what markets are you guys going uh, into uh, after the ones that you guys have? Yeah, we're in Dallas, Houston. Uh, we're in Dallas, Houston, Tampa, and Jacksonville. We're going to be going to Charlotte, Memphis, Raleigh, uh, Austin, San Antonio building out the East Coast and, and the Texas markets. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much. Oh, uh, and I'll put a link in the so description uh, below so you all can uh, download it as well. Uh, but Josh, thank, thank you, man. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye. See you. Thank you for listening to the Your First Steps podcast. Let us know what you thought about this episode by leaving a review. And don't forget to subscribe.